reporter, Vegas insider, on every week with us. As we've said, friend of show, Patrick, good to see you again. Uh, we were talking earlier about the the line movement for Will Levis going number one overall because of a Reddit post that was out there. <laughs> The NFL draft is as volatile enough as it is, but is it that easy to move the market where one person says they've heard from their friend who's the barber of their best friend's mother <laughs> who says that Will Levis is going to be the number one overall pick? It went from 40-1 to one to 4-1. to one. Yeah, it's it's sort of like that scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know? My best friend's sister's cousins yeah, yeah. saw this guy who told this girl that she saw him pass out of 31 Flavors last night. I guess it's pretty serious. <laughs> Um, it doesn't. Here's the thing. I, it, it is crazy, and trust me, I did not necessarily enjoy trying to weed through all this today uh, because one impacts the other. If the number one is getting a big shakeup, and granted, Stroud is still, or Young rather, is still the uh, very strong favorite to be taken number one. But still, there was enough shuffling there. Well, then there's a bunch of shuffling at number two, and that's going to cause a bunch of shuffling at number three. So there's a domino effect there that just makes this a big pain in the neck. But I was talking with one odds maker late last week about this and what he pointed out first off and I think we may have even touched on this last week I can't recall but they hate this market with a deep burning passion with the heat of a thousand suns the odds makers do not like this market and the reason is because it is so volatile and so contingent on information and they get drilled by the sharp betters I mean they don't they don't win on this the books do not win on the NFL draft they get their heads handed to them every year to a degree because betting limits are lower and as you saw today they also move very aggressively when any news gets out there and apparently that is up to and including reddit posts from someone i've never heard of so yeah. look they're not going to get beat badly on this but they're going to get beat on the draft because they get get they, they get beat on it every year and and again um what one odds maker said to me that i thought was kind of interesting was first off he notes the sharps flock to the nfl draft it tends to be pretty lucrative for them and he says that as far as the odds makers on this he said it is not something anyone in the industry looks forward to, especially on the trading side. So, and today is a perfect example of that. But yeah, the, the move was significant. And I did talk with Cameron Drucker. He's a senior trader with BetMGM, fine sponsor of your outstanding program. Program, program. Program. Program, okay, program. <laughs> um, and Cameron told me uh, this afternoon that it there was kind of a unique situation with this. At BetMGM, as you three probably were aware, at least prior to this morning, they had taken Levis out of the number one pick prop. He was gone. He was off the board. Mm -hmm. There was just Young, Stroud, and Richardson. That was it. They had to move him back in, but the reason they moved him back in was that they were taking a bunch of bets on Young at number two. And Young went from like 25 to one to go second, all the way up to like plus 500, plus 450, plus 500, somewhere in the five to one range. He was still the fifth choice, but he was the fifth choice at 25 to one, and then he became the fifth choice at like five to one. So they were getting hammered with tickets all the way down the line on Young because of this situation that was developing with Levis as potentially being in the mix for the number one pick. People were taking these long odds on, or I'm sorry, yeah, taking these longer odds on Young to go number two. So like I said, there's this domino effect, but it was kind of a reverse thing. It was the Young action at number two that forced BetMGM's hand at number one, putting Levis in as the number two choice to go number one overall, if that makes sense. Um, and then Young's odds getting much shorter at number two as well, although Young is still, again, the, you know, the heavy favorite to go number one. 
It leads to one other interesting aspect of this, at least for BetMGM, I think, and that is, and this is again from Cameron Drucker, senior, senior trader who does a lot with college football for BetMGM. So he's familiar with these players and so forth. But uh, Levis and Richardson are, at least at the moment, are BetMGM's worst outcomes at number one and number two. Wow. Now, I don't think they have to worry about Richardson with either of those, but uh, Levis is obviously a concern. What would be a good result for the book at pick three? Because it's funny because, like, uh, you know, for the last couple months, we're like, this is where the draft gets interesting because it's going to go young Stroud. Now we don't even know if that's the case, but Arizona's sitting there. Maybe they look to, like, move back. But what's a good result? What's a bad result at three for the book uh, for BetMGM? Uh, a good result for BetMGM, and and this is coming from Seamus McGee, another, uh, another of the great sports traders there who's really good with getting a lot of information out. And what he indicated, and I double, he indicated this a couple of days ago, and I confirmed it today with uh, uh, with Cameron, with Cameron Drucker. And so a good result at number three would be Anderson or Richardson at this point. Even though they've seen some decent action on those two, they'd be fine with Anderson or Richardson going with the number one or going with the number three pick overall. But what's kind of interesting is uh, Tyree Wilson is now the favorite at number two and at number three. So, uh, uh, and, and they'd said prior to, prior to all this uh, Levis stuff, and remember, this all started on Sunday with Levis going, climbing, climbing the board as the, as the number two pick or, or moving into the favorite as the number two pick, and then it continued today with all this, uh, with all this other information, Ryan. But prior to all that, Seamus said what they didn't want to see was uh, Young go first and Wilson go second. That was a bad situation for them, but that's kind of changed a bit with this Levis dynamic. But again, at number three, long story short, Richardson uh, and Anderson are good. Um, they're, you know, Stroud would not be good, and Stroud could very well go number three. Uh, but he also pointed out, Seamus did, that, look, the Cardinals could trade out of this to a QB needy team uh, or end up picking someone to help on the defensive side of the ball. It's a possibility. I'm curious, Pat. We love betting the NFL draft. That's like one of mm -hmm. our favorite days on BetMGM the night. But you mentioned multiple times, not just this year but last year, that the books take a bath on this. Uh, why mm -hmm. do they even? Why do they even give it out <laughs> statewide? Like, what? What's the reasoning for it? Is like it just marketing? And how low? I, I think. Too? Yeah. Yeah. That. That's again. They do. They do get beat up on it to an extent, Trista, because they, it's lower limits and very. I mean, look, they move pretty aggressive if if they need to when you're talking NFL regular season in a game or whatever, they'll move aggressively off an injury or what have you, but they, they really ramp it up and move really aggressively when it comes to the draft. So while they do get beat on it, it's not huge because the limits are low enough that, that it kind of helps mitigate, it mitigates the loss. But like I said, it's not a matter of if the books lose on the NFL draft, it's a matter of how much. I think the reason they offer it, I think in part it's marketing. Look, the NFL is just such a bus driver. Everybody's always interested in the NFL. I mean, look at how much we're talking about it and how much excitement and energy it's generating this week when we're right in the midst of the NBA playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs and, and so on. Um, I, I, I just don't think I, – and I think it's smart of them. They don't want to be left out on this. People want these markets up, even though it's generally more of a sharp player's market and the public doesn't get nearly as involved as it would in the week-to-week. -week. So I kind of feel like they feel compelled to – uh, like I said, I've talked to multiple odds makers, you know, BetMGM and multiple other sports books across the country. And every year they're like, man, I hate this, but we're going to do it. <laughs> um, but I think it's, you know, it's as much a marketing thing and also making sure they, you know, that they're catering to a market that people want, even if they only want it as a talking point. Because again, the public bets this, but not nearly to the extent that the sharp people do not. It's, it's kind of a reverse of the, 
uh, of what you see where the public tends to overwhelm the sharp play when you're talking about a typical week-to-week -week NFL game. What is the, the limit on, on these plays? Uh, it's, I, uh, this is, yeah, and this is going to vary from book to book, but I mean, I was, uh, uh, a person messaged me over something earlier today, uh, noting at one book that it was, there's kind of a, uh, a back and forth. They kind of, you know, a limit on the max win or a limit on the max bet. But, you know, I, like, for example, on the Super Bowl, Trista, I know that, uh, you know, there's at least one book that I report from the Super Bowl every year, and I'm sure several others, where their max bet on a, on a prop is 2000 bucks. It's not 2000 bucks on this. Um, you know, I would guess it's no more than 1000 and I would guess most books are 500 and some books might even wow. be a little stingier than that. Uh, they really, you know, they're not letting you get on this like they would let you, these kind of prop bets, like, like, like they'd let you get on a uh, Super Bowl prop bet, for example. Talking to Patrick Everson, BetMGM tonight. Uh, Aaron Rodgers finally, thank God, has officially been traded to the Jets. So we don't have to see <laughs> yes. speculate whether the Titans or someone else is going to swoop in. W what does that mean for them now in terms of the futures market, where the money has gone? Has there been more movement? Because I know Ryan over here was smart and bet the Jets to win the Super Bowl, you know, back before this happened. What'd you get, Ryan, if you don't mind me asking? 22. I missed the 25. Okay. Okay, well, that's look, 22 is a lot better. There are some books now that, uh, that, that Nick, that are as short as 10 to cool. 1. Yeah. And you've got a couple. I think there's a, I think the best you can find out there is probably 16. There's a few 14s, 12s, and so forth. But here's the thing. The, the, now, that, now that this has finally come to fruition, really the reaction was, as I noted in one piece I did, kind of muted because this was expected. Okay, so a lot of books were already had already closed in that number a significant amount. If there was much movement after yesterday, it was relatively nominal. BetMGM, I believe John Ewing tweeted out that in the in the hours after the trade was consummated, they were getting like almost half of all tickets that were coming in were on, or, or of all money that was coming in was on the Jets. So people were still enthusiastic about it, but it didn't cause BetMGM to to adjust its number very much. I think they were sitting in that uh, like fourteen to one range, if I recall correctly. But that puts them in like the top half dozen teams or so. Nick, which is which is really wild. Um, I had one odds one odds maker make a good point to me, and it's not to say that the Jets don't have the talent. Um, one odds maker said, "Look, they definitely have the talent." But the same odds maker was like, "Look, you need to think about whether this team can get out of the division first. Mm -hmm. Rodgers, if he's not an MVP form, he might be the third best quarterback in that division, behind obviously Josh Allen and possibly, depending on how he comes back from concussions and so forth, uh, Tagovailoa." And, uh, you know, Allen's a, a leading MVP candidate. Tagovailoa was in that mix, and so is Rodgers. But, um, you know, one, one step at a time. It's a long way to the Super Bowl. They may have a tough time getting out of that division. Uh, Pat, unfortunately, we only got like two minutes. I wanted to ask you, so you said, uh, obviously, like a popular pick, first defensive player. I saw the most popular mm -hmm. bet, though, actually, first tight end selected. We're thinking we're getting two in the first round, maybe three if Washington goes. But Michael right. Mayer was a huge favorite, minus 175. Is that a good or a bad result if he goes first off the board? What's a better result, him or Kincaid? I think I think at BetMGM it's it's Mayer. Uh, he, he and and she, uh, this is from Seamus McGee at BetMGM. He said told me a couple of days ago we're hoping that Kincaid could perhaps snatch this spot from Mayer. Uh, he's he's been getting the bulk of the action. And I talked with another odds maker uh, about a related prop, and that's how many tight ends go off the board overall in the first round. The over under is two and a half, and. Uh, that oddsmaker thinks that the three might actually get there. I'm flipping back over to that article just to take a peek at it because, as as uh, as that oddsmaker noted, he really likes 
Uh, I believe it's the Georgia tight end. Where's yeah. he at here? I'm trying to find Yeah, him. That's the wild card yep. would be him going. Ex- mm-hmm. Exactly, whether he gets there or not. But he thinks there's a good chance. He's really impressed with that. With uh, Is it Darnell Washington? Darnell is Washington? that right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, Darnell Washington. Darnell really Jefferson impressed with him. Because of the program, but yeah, Darnell Washington. <laughs> Darnell Washington. He said he's a beast. He's been getting late steam to sneak into the first round. He said he's, he's a guy who's caught my eye a lot. So he feels like maybe they get over that two and a half. Maybe that third one gets in. Probably going to be kind of close, but yes, the tight end props for whatever reason, uh, as player position as uh, uh, player position props is getting uh, getting a little bit of a look between who goes first and how many go in the first round. All right, only got about a minute here, but I do want to at least slip in the NBA real quick. A lot of double digit sure. spreads in these NBA playoff games, and we've seen some blowouts. Mm-hmm. Is that one of the main reasons? Because we're both sitting here going, it just feels like a lot of these for us. Right. Yeah, and that's and that's part of it. And look, and look, there's some legit mismatches going on. Although, you know, we see again the Atlanta gets yeah. it done tonight, and uh, looks like Minnesota's hanging around tonight. So it's interesting. But yes, it's just they're 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 generally mismatches. These teams up three one, they get a chance to close it out at home. I think that's the expectation is that uh, the oddsmakers expected these teams to get it done at home. And in fact, Halver Eglin at Bet Jim told me as much earlier today. He's like, look, I don't think we got a chance, but we really would like one of these underdogs to win tonight because they just want these teams they don't even want these teams to win the series they don't think that's realistic but they want them to stretch it out so uh and they got there they got one so far we'll see if they get any more yep got atlanta right now so that's the first of it so and at least minnesota's hanging on there with denver patrick everson friend of show always good to talk to you my friend thanks Thanks so much pat fantastic you three have a great week i appreciate you having me on